Yo, yo, it's Digsy's baby, the podcast, episode number eight. And it happened. It happened, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Yankees laid an egg in Boston last night. What a fitting ending to the 2021 season for the supposed Bronx Bombers. Their bats were dead. Giancarlo Stanton stepped up like he has all September long. He was three for four with a solo home run in the top of the ninth inning to make it 6-2. It didn't matter, but he hit two piss missiles off the green monster. And you know what? You can get on him in the first inning when he hit that piss missile, that rocket off the green monster. He thought it was going to be a home run. He got into his pimp stance, his pimp walk. He was pimp in the home run down first base, wasn't running it out, and he got a single instead of a double. But did it matter? Gallo came up, struck out, whatever he did popped up. I forget, but it didn't matter. And honestly, the reason why Gallo, uh, the reason why Stanton was pimping that was when they played in Fenway last week, 10 days ago, that would have been a home run. It was 57 degrees last night at opening pitch. A week ago, 60, high 60s, low 70s, that's a home run. Same thing a few innings later. He had a rocket off the green monster. They said on the broadcast it would be a home run in 11 different ballparks. Now that one, not so much than the first one, but the first one would be a home run if it was a little bit warmer. And like I said, the offense was feeble. Rizzo stepped up. He hit a home run, jump-started it in the sixth inning. Judge gets on base after a weak grounder to the left side of the infield. He completely hustled down the first baseline, ran down there like a bat out of hell. He was safe. Up comes Giancarlo. You're like, all right, here we go. We're down 3 nothing, 3-1 now after Rizzo's home run. This is the rally that we need. This is the rally that we're going to get to keep us in the game. Stanton comes up. He hits that rocket off the green monster. And then what does Phil Nevin do? He thinks he has Tyler Wade on the base paths when it was Aaron Judge. He sends him Sends him when the ball's practically right behind second base in the infield. And Judge is out at home by at least 10 feet. And it wasn't, it, it was, and honestly, credit to the Red Sox because their defensive play last night was spectacular. That throw from Kiki Hernandez to Bogarts. And then Bogarts threw an absolute strike right to Plawecki. Got Judge out, and that just killed that killed the rally, you know. Because if you have second and third there, I understand Gallo came up and struck out like he's been doing, you know, for you know since he's pretty much been on the team in July. But you know what? You're in a different situation there, you know. Gallo second and third, one out. He's not as pressed as two outs with the man on second, second and third, one out. Even if Gallo strikes out, you got Torres coming up who was swinging a hot bat uh, towards the end of September. Maybe they get the run. You get 3-3. It's a different ball game right there. But that was the one chance the Yankees had to get back in the game and they didn't. And it all started in the bottom of the first inning with Garrett Cole. We paid this man $324 million over nine years to be our ace, to step up and throw seven innings, let give up a run, maybe two, maybe two, a one-run game. That's what you want out of your starter. You know, shutout in, in, in playoff baseball, a shutout would be great. But you know what? Go out there, give us seven innings, let up one run. Our offense will do the rest. And what does he do? He lets up 
three runs. He gets pulled in the third inning, and he didn't look like Eric Cole when he was with the Astros. He didn't look like Eric Cole at all. And I'm really worried, and Yankees fans need to be worried because he was afraid to challenge the Red Sox hitters last night. He wasn't going after the Red Sox hitters. And, you know, I know after the game on yes, they said, oh, maybe it's his hamstring, maybe it's this, but you know what? It's a win or go home game. I don't want to hear the excuses about injuries. Remember what Kurt Schilling did with the bloody sock? You know, John Smoltz pitched with the torn labrum and, and mowed people down. You are our ace. We're paying you $324 million. You need to go out there. You need to win the game by any means necessary. And honestly, I'm Cole has a full offseason. You know, he halfway through this season, they banned the spite attack. Obviously, we know Cole was using that because the spin rates that Cole have been has was achieving in Houston after the spin rates he had in Pittsburgh when he was with the Pirates were 20, 30% more. So Cole was spinning that ball. He was using the spide attack. He was able to get command on his pitches. Last night, it was cold. You know, his hands were cold. It wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't able to grip the ball like he could in a 70 or 80 degree game. And you saw it. And he had command issues. How many times did the balls get away from him up in the zone early on in that game? He didn't have... He didn't have his best stuff. He didn't have command. And honestly, what is Garrett Cole going to be now? Because he can't use the spite attack anymore. He's not going to be that overpowering dominant pitcher. And everybody's always talking about how cerebral he is and how he likes to outthink the batters and outthink the lineups. But he didn't look too cerebral last night. And Cole, he needs to do some soul searching in the offseason because if he's not going to be able to overpower people and if he doesn't have the confidence to overpower people, he needs to switch things up. He needs to be more of a tactician out there like a Greg Maddox type, not a Roger Clemens type like he's been since he was with Houston. And it's it's really upsetting. It, it really is because with the Yankees, our offense has been feeble in these elimination games. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But we've had aces on the hill that we trusted for how many years now? Going back to CeCe Sabathia, going back to Masahiro Tanaka. We could trust those guys. Even going back to Andy Pettit. You knew if Pettit CeCe, Tanaka was on the hill, you knew you were getting a good game. And going into last night, you did not know if you were going to get a good game from Cole. It was up in the air. Last year in the ALDS against the Rays, he pitched well. He went deep into the game. He led up that home run to Brousseau. You know, the Yankees only scored one run, so we can't blame Cole for that in 2020, but we can blame Cole for 2021 because the Yankees aren't moving on because of Garrett Cole. And honestly, even that, we shouldn't have even been in this wild card game. Okay. We should have been home at least. And that's why I blame Aaron Boone. Too many times this season, he was nonchalant on, you know, going into in a series when they were up two and they were going for the sweep. He would put out their B lineup, the C lineup, day games. He didn't play his best guys, you know, throwing scrubs out there on the mound. He didn't manage the ball team well this year. And that's why they only won 92 games. And that's why they were in a one and done situation. And the whole Phil Nevin thing, Phil Nevin sending him, you know, hey man, 
it all ends at the top. Aaron Boone's the, the king of the castle. Aaron Boone is the manager there. He needs to teach his coaches fundamentals. He needs to, you know, like what was Phil Nevin thinking? I want Boone gone. I want Nevin gone. And I want somebody in there that will get on these players' asses. You saw the videos of the Yankees coming into Boston, coming into Fenway. They judge had his boom box. Nesta Cortez had the turtle. You know, that's that's all great. Let's make sure we bring the boom box and the turtle, but let's not bring our balls and let's not bring our bats. Okay, we need a coach that's going to be no nonsense bullshit. This is what has to be done. We're doing it my way or the highway. If you don't like it, take a hike. That's what we need. Joe Girardi was that type of coach. And Cashman let Girardi go in 2017 after he took the friggin' Yankees to Game 7 in the ALCS because he didn't have control. Cashman is a control freak. He's using Boom as a puppet. And it really worries me that if they do let Aaron Boone go, he doesn't have any years left on his contract, so technically they're not firing him, they're just not re-signing him, that he's just going to bring in another analytical puppet that he can control. Because honestly, thinking about it, how many, how many decisions do we really know Aaron Boone is making? We don't know what Aaron Boone's doing because Cashman, it's his puppet. And do you really want to get rid of Cashman? Honestly, I wouldn't be upset if Hal got rid of Cashman. I'm telling you right now, if George was alive, if George Steinbrenner was alive, Cashman and Boone would be gone right now as we speak. Right now, Wednesday evening, Cashman and Boone would be gone if George was still around. He would have went ballistic last night. It's been since 2009 since we been in a World Series and won a World Series. And like I said, talking about the feeble offense, honestly, last night I, I watching this, I was like, when have we scored a lot of runs in an elimination game since 2009? And I couldn't remember. So I went back and I looked it up and it is disgusting. The amount of runs that the Yankees have scored in elimination games going back to the last time they won the World Series in 2009. Starting in 2010, we lost to the Texas Rangers in the ALCS. We scored one run in that elimination game. 2011, we lost to the Tigers in the ALDS. We scored two runs in the elimination game. We got swept in 2012 by the Tigers in the ALCS. We scored one run in the elimination game. 2013, 2014, we missed the playoffs. 2015, in the wild card game against the Astros, we were shut out. Remember, Dallas Keuchel came to Yankee Stadium. I was at that game. He completely shut the Yankees down. Zero runs. 2016, missed the playoffs. 2017, ALCS, Astros, zero runs. Back-to-back playoff appearances against the Astros, we scored zero runs in elimination games. 2018, in the ALDS against the Red Sox, they scored three runs, but two of those runs came in the ninth when they were trying to make a comeback. So, eh, you know. In 2019, against the Astros in the ALCS, they scored four runs. So, that's the outlier right there. That's that's the one game that the Yankees offense came up and really scored. And that was DJ LeMahieu when he hit that home run at the end of the game to tie it. And honestly, missing DJ LeMahieu last night was a big blow for the Yankees because he can get base hits. He can get on base. And then in 2020 in the ALDS against the Rays, one run. Last night, two runs 
technically one run because Stanton's solo home run was in the ninth inning when it didn't even matter. So we can sit here and we could blame Garrett Cole all we want. Obviously, there's a lot of blame on Garrett Cole. He did not show up, but the Yankees' bats have been MIA since 2009, and it's the way this roster is constructed. And you got Judge coming back next year. You got Stanton coming back next year. You got Gallo coming back next year. Okay, those three guys are definitely coming back. They're big boppers. They're big power hitters. I do not do not want to see the Yankees sign another power hitter this offseason to add to this lineup. We don't need it. Look what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. They play small ball. Look what the San Francisco Giants did. They played small ball. Small ball wins. We need speed. We need players that bat for average. You got LeMayu coming back. You got Torres coming back. Hopefully, they re-sign Rizzo. Okay, let's go out and get a center fielder that has speed and that can hit for average. Gardner, I know last night at the end of the game, he said he hopes he could come back. Your time's done, buddy. Okay, it's time to move on. Jason Dominguez, he's still a few years away. We can't count on him. So, go out there. Find a speedy center fielder that hopefully could bat leadoff and can hit for average. Shortstop. I know Baez is out there. I know Carlos Correa is out there. Honestly, I, I probably would rather have Carlos Correa over Baez because Correa is proven in the World Series. But if you can't get those guys, find someone who can bat for average that we can manufacture runs. You got Judge, Stanton, Gallo. You know, when they're not on, they're swinging and missing. They're, they're, they're striking out. We need guys behind them that can manufacture runs, get a man on first, steal, move them over, single, bloop, blast, this, that, get runs on the board. The Yankees have been so reliant on the home run the last 10 years, it's disgusting. I understand you're the Bronx Bombers, but you know what? You need a backup plan. If your sluggers aren't hitting, you need to be able to manufacture runs, and the Yankees haven't done so in years. Now, it's great to see that Severino, you know, he did let up the run last night. He got in a, a tricky situation, but you know what? Severino, Severino looks pr pretty good. So you got Severino to back up Cole next year. You, you got to go out. You got to go out and get a lefty starting pitcher, man. You got, you know, the bullpen. I, I feel good about the bull. You know, Chad Green, again, what was Boone thinking putting him in with men on base? And that's when Verdugo completely blew up the game and, and scored two runs and the Yankees were done after that when it was 6-1 but Clay Holmes man I got to give it to that guy that was a, a a sneaky sneaky trade deadline move that the Yankees made to bring Clay Holmes over and he's been stellar Clay Holmes has been amazing coming out of the bullpen Loisica iffy again last night but you know what the bullpen will be there it's hard you know these guys that because of what Cole did these guys backs were up against the wall and I'm telling you I said it all along. The Yankees needed to get on the board in that top of the first inning to give Cole, to alleviate some pressure off a of call, get a run or two on the board. It would be a totally different ball game. And Cole, like I said, man, like I, I just keep going back to Cole because like, what was he thinking? You know, the home run that Bogarts, Bogarts hit was off a changeup, like you're allowing him to beat you on that pitch. And he just was missing the strike zone. He was afraid to pitch to Devers. You know, he should have, you know, when that count was 3-2, he should have challenged Devers. He's out of that inning. You're going into the second inning, 0-0. But Cole was afraid to 
challenge the hitters. You know, deep down in his mind, he knew he wasn't himself. We saw what happened in his last start in Toronto. We saw what he's been in September, pitching to a six ERA. You don't pay somebody $324 million for a six ERA. You're paying someone $324 million to get an ERA under three, under 2.5. And Cole hasn't been that guy. He was in the beginning of the season, but once the whole spider tax ticky-tack shit went down at the midway point, Cole has been a different pitcher. And it really worries me because you know what? The Yankees paid Cole to be the Cole he was in Houston. And without the spite attack, Cole's not the Cole he was in Houston. And can he reinvent himself this this offseason? I hope so because the Yankees got seven more years of this guy. And honestly, you're not paying someone $324 million to be a number two or a number three. And there's no money left to go out and get another ace so Cole better you know our, our future relies on Cole because he really needs to w- wake up and figure things out and I, I think he he will am I 100% sure no do I wish the Yankees had Tanaka back to throw out there you know would Boone have even used Tanaka last night probably not but the days of CC Sabathia and Tanaka are over and it's a sad sad sight for the Yankees and it's just Rinse and repeat the past 11 years. It's been early exits in the playoffs other than the, you know, few ALCS runs they had, but the offense has not stepped up when it mattered most. And, you know, that's, there's really nothing else you can say about that. And honestly, Boone, I like the lineup that he put out yesterday, but again, how many different lineups do we got to put out there? Like there's no chemistry is this, uh, I, I want Aaron Boone gone. I've wanted Aaron Boone gone since July. Since that series, 4th of July weekend against the Mets, when the Mets embarrassed us in a home stadium, I wanted Boone gone. And secretly, I was hoping they missed the playoffs because if they missed the playoffs, then Howe would be more inclined to make a rest decision and fire Boone. But who knows what's going to happen? Honestly, you're going to run it back with Boone one more time and, and, and you know, you got pretty much the same roster coming back. You know, what are you going to do? Go out there, maybe get Robbie Ray. Honestly, I, I don't know what the answer is for the Yankees. The only thing that I can hope for is they fire Boone. They bring in someone like Buck Walter that will light a fire under these guys' ass. You know, I understand people might say, oh, he's old. His time has passed. Look what Tony La Russa did in Chicago. Okay, Tony La Russa is an old school manager. He had the White Sox playing amazing ball. They won the Central by a lot, and they're in the playoffs, and they got a good shot to make it to the ALCS uh, if they beat the Astros. So Yankees lose another early exit in October for the New York Yankees, and there's a lot of question marks around the Bronx right now, and hopefully we'll get some answers to those questions pretty soon. And hey, we got, what, three, four months until spring training? Garrett Cole, man. Get out in your backyard, get going, start working on your command. And honestly, if I'm Garrett Cole, I'm watching old school videos of Greg Maddox because he needs to be a painter now. He can't be overpowering these guys. Hopefully, hey, maybe he'll find the confidence. Maybe he'll find his stuff. Maybe he'll find another foreign substance that could bring his spin rate back up. Um, But you know what? It's time for you to be a tactician out there and start thinking about, you know, pitching a different way than overpowering everybody. All 
All right. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the New York Giants and the New York Jets both won football games on Sunday. And starting with the Giants, I know I talked a lot of shit about them all season long and I get frustrated very easily. But, you know, looking back at this team, they could very easily be three and one or two and two. Oh, how, how how quickly the tides change, Digsies. How quickly my mood changed. But uh, they currently sit at one and three, and they better play like they did Sunday because they have a treacherous schedule coming up. Uh, at Dallas, the Rams come to MetLife. Panthers come to MetLife. At Kansas City, Raiders come to town. And then it will be a much-needed bye before they head to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks. And honestly... The New York Giants finally look like the team we all thought they could be on Sunday. Uh, Daniel Jones played great again, and not counting the interception he threw at the end of the first half because it was a Hail Mary. You know, Jones didn't make a mistake. You know, his job was to get it into the end zone. If it's picked off, it's picked off. So be it. Jones hasn't thrown an interception all season long. And stepping back and looking at that, that's crazy. Uh, We probably don't think that because of the fumble he had against Denver and the Falcons. But Daniel Jones has thrown for 1,184 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Like I said, that interception came on the last second Hail Mary at the end of the first half. And it's been a pretty impressive year for Daniel Jones and his make or break season. And he's rushed for 188 yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, on, on top of all that, he has an 88 passing grade, uh, PFF passing grade, and that's currently second among all quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I'll say that again. Daniel Jones has the second best passing grade according to PFF this year. Pretty amazing. And we saw what this offense can be when they take shots downfield. Uh, the touchdown to John Ross that was called back because of the fumble in the end zone when he recovered. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Finally showing up with six catches, 78 yards. Uh, the chemistry between Jones and Galladay is getting better. Galladay caught six passes for 116 yards. Uh, Saquon was even a big pass, a uh, big part of the passing game, which is surprising. Uh, five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown to go with 52 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. And this was the first game all season long that Saquon finally looked like Saquon again. And it all comes from the offensive line. And I said it the past few episodes. Andrew Thomas has been playing a Pro Bowl left tackle, which is very impressive considering how many left guards he had to play with this season. And I think we finally found a good combo on the left side with Matt Scora because Scora played very, very well on Sunday. Thomas and Scora over there. I like it, but back to Thomas, he has the best pass blocking grade in the league at 79 and has allowed zero sacks on 167 pass blocking snaps. And Andrew Thomas has been a beast, you know, great technique. He's standing tall out there. He's not getting stupid holding penalties and he's just beasting opposing rushers. And, you know, being down 21 to 10, you thought, great, here we go again, but the Giants made a nice comeback. They tied it up after Gano got back on track after missing an early field goal. The Giants got the ball first in overtime, marched down the field, and they played for the win. They got in the end zone, and they got it done. Great job all around by the New York Giants. I can't believe I'm saying that. It only took four weeks, uh, but I hope they build on this. But one last thing. I don't want to see Jabr- Jabril Peppers coming out for the coin toss anymore. You know, I- I- I'm not... 
a hard on. I'm not, uh, you know, a boomer and, you know, what's the word? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, you know, a little sourpuss, but honestly, there's no need for that. There's no need for the extracurricular activities and the language for the coin toss. We all remember what Matt Hasselpack did when he said too much and he said, we want the ball, we're going to score. And then the first play in overtime, he throws the ball right to the Seahawks cornerback. Uh, I'm sorry, right to the Packers cornerback and they return it for a pick six. We all saw what happens when you talk too much out there in the coin toss. So Jabril Peppers, come on, just say heads, we want the ball. That's all you need to do. You don't need to say, motherfucker, this, we're going to score, or yeah, let's get the job done, this, that, and the other. We, we don't need to hear that, Jabro. Heads, we want the ball. And John Mara was very upset after the game. Uh, it, it was said that he didn't celebrate the win because of Pepper's language. So it is what it is. Giants got the win. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And let's hope we get the win against Dallas next week because we got a tough schedule coming up. Conference uh, division opponent, you know we could beat Dallas. We usually split the series. Uh, we play well in Dallas, but it will be a tough one because Dallas looks great right now. They look like one of the best teams in the NFC behind the box. Uh, Zeke looks amazing. Dak Prescott looks amazing. And their offensive line is incredible. They have three of the top five offensive linemen this season rated. Uh, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Connor McGovern. So three and one Dallas against the one and three New York Giants at Jerry's World next week. And it's a game we need to win after I said how tough the schedule is coming back. But hey, the New York Giants weren't the only New York team to get a win on Sunday because the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 beat the Titans. An impressive, impressive victory for the Jets in overtime too. So what were the chances that the Giants and the Jets would both win both in overtime. Zach Wilson looked great. And finally, he stepped up. 297 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, him and Corey Davis, man, I, I've been saying it all season long. They are a great one-two punch. Corey Davis, 111 yards and a touchdown. Jamison Crowder, seven receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown. And honestly, Matt Sala, uh, Matt Sala, Robert Sala had that defense playing well on Sunday. Uh, they they, they shut the Titans out. Now, let's be honest. The Titans were missing their two top wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. But you know what? We'll give it to you, Jets. The Jets won on Sunday. It was a good victory against a playoff team. Hey, the Titans were a playoff team the past two years. Derrick Henry, you know, he, he they, they, you know, they didn't shut down Derrick Henry. He still rushed for 157 yards. Um, but hey, you know what? They got the job done at the end of the day. The Jets are one and three. The Giants are one and three. And like I said, it'll be a race to see who gets the first pick last episode. That's what I said. Maybe the teams build on this. Can, can one of the New York teams make that seventh wildcard spot this year? If I had to put money on it, I would say the Giants. But crazier things have happened. Now, looking at the rest of the league, we had the big matchup Sunday night, the return, Tom Brady heading back to Foxborough. And honestly, coming out of that game, the most impressive thing 
that I saw was Mac Jones because Mac Jones stepped up in prime time on a big stage, the biggest game the Patriots have played in the regular season and God knows when. He completed 19 straight passes in a row. He finished with 275 yards, two touchdowns, and the Patriots were about to win that game, but... Nick Falk hit a double doink. It wasn't a double doink, a doink. You know, Collinsworth and Al Michaels, they love to do that doink shit. Uh, but in the rain, 56 yards, that's a tough kick to make. But honestly, the Pats should have won that game. I, I don't understand what Belichick's doing there. It's fourth and three. You're electing for a 56-yard field goal with a, a kicker that's been shaky and not allowing Mac Jones to go out. The, you saw how good Mac Jones played that all game long. Let Mac Jones go out there and get the first down. He didn't. He opted for the kick. It backfired. Uh, the Chiefs routed the Eagles. We we got crushed. Digsy Picks got crushed this weekend with the NFL. We went 0-2 on Sunday. We lost the Monday night game. I had the Raiders money line. I had the Eagles plus 7 on Sunday. I also had the Vikings plus 1 on Sunday. The Vikings game was pretty close. The Eagles game was even close, but it got out of hand late in the second half. So 0-3 for the NFL. But hey, I went 3-0 in college football on Saturday. I hit with Bama, Cincinnati, and Georgia. Georgia completely destroyed Arkansas. Everybody was thinking Arkansas was going to be a college football playoff team. Georgia completely destroyed Arkansas. And Arkansas season's done, man. Season's done. It's Georgia and Alabama versus the rest of the world. It will be a sin if we don't. I know we're going to get them in the SEC championship game, but if we don't get Georgia versus Alabama for the national championship game, it will be a sin. Remember the last time they played together in the national championship game? That's when the world was introduced to Tua, when Saban pulled out his balls at halftime and sat Jalen Hurts and brought in Tua and Tua lit the world on fire and the Alabama came back and won the national championship. So like I said, it was pretty much quiet around the league other than the Jets and the Giants winning. Justin Fields looked good. The Bears got a win. Washington football team took care of business in Atlanta. Oh, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, the Cardinals 4-0, taking it to the Rams. Big, big upset there. Kyler Murray looks like a champ. Now, the, the question is, can they keep it going? Because we saw last year, they started the season off very hot as well, and they started to lose steam and leak gas heading into the end of the season. There's an extra week this year. I think they can. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, they got something going on down there. You know, everybody questioned what were they doing drafting a quarterback first after they drafted Josh Rosen. I think they made the right choice. And right now, as it stands, I would say Kyler Murray's probably the MVP. You got Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, maybe Brady. I'm not sure. But I got money on Josh Allen to win the MVP, so he played well on Sunday. They beat the Texans 40 to nothing. Um, but hey, as we stand right now, the Chiefs, you know, they, they got back on track. They're two and two, but the Chiefs are going to have a hard time coming out of the AFC because you got the Chargers who are playing really well. The Raiders were playing really well before they lost. The Bills, the Ravens. I think the Chiefs are going to have a tough time coming out of the AFC. Um, a very tough time. The Broncos. The Broncos lost, but they're playing well all season long, 3-1. and one. The NFC, it's going to come down to Tampa and Dallas. And the question is, can Dallas finally overcome those playoff woes, get a victory in the playoffs, 
and overtake Tampa Bay. If I'm Dallas, man, I'm doing everything I can to get the number one seed, get that first week by, and to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs because I don't want to go down to Tampa. I want Tampa to come to me. And I think that I think this might be the year for Dallas. It's crazy because last year, before the season started, I put on a future bet for Dallas to win the Super Bowl. They don't. Now this year, watch, they're going to go and win the Super Bowl. The year after I bet on them, I'm like, good luck, Chuck. I bet on you to win the championship. You win the next year. I got the Rams winning and the Titans winning this year. The Titans just lost to the Jets. The Rams are still in a good position. So let's hope on that. And week five coming up. It all starts tomorrow night. A great divisional matchup. The Rams head to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Rams are favored by two and a half. And it's a big win for the Rams because they start three and two. That NFC West, man, if they lose, they start three and two. That NFC West is getting mighty, mighty tight. It's basketball season, baby. Man, I am so excited for the NBA season this year, for the Knicks to build off of their great season last year. Now, I got something to say. I want to come out and say it right now before the season starts. An episode or two ago when I was talking about training camp open up, I believe it was last episode, I said I think the Knicks won't be won't get the fourth seed like they did last year. They'd be a fifth or a fifth or sixth seed. They'd have a tougher, uh, tougher, tougher road getting into the high seeded playoff spot as they did last year. I'm redacting that statement. I'm redacting that statement right now, today, redacting that statement, October 6, 2021, because the way the Knicks played basketball last night, they looked amazing. I am so pumped for this season. I just needed to see it with my eyes, myself. And honestly, they looked great last night. Obi Toppin, man, looks much more comfortable on the court. He looked like the Obi in the playoffs than he did in the Obi in the, in the regular season last year. It looks amazing. That one play in the third quarter when he took uh, the defender right right inside the three-point line, did a nice little crossover, a little shake and bake, boom, got to the hoop, made the basket amazing. Obi looks amazing this year. He's going to take a big leap from his second-year season. And honestly, the Knicks started the game hot, man. 36 points in the first quarter, 54% from the field. They look good. Nice to have a competent point guard, Kemba Walker, after seeing Alfred Payton all season long last year. Kemba Walker looked really good. You know, it's nice to have him. Evan Fournier looked great. He played tough D. He got down on the ground, uh, you know, going after a loose ball. Like I said, Kemba looks rejuvenated. And honestly, Tom Thibodeau, man, even though it's a preseason game, he gets on this team. He gets on on them. He was not messing around. It it was the third quarter. A turnover led to a fast break bucket for the Pacers. Thibodeau called a timeout. He chewed out his players. And you know what? That's what you're going to get for Thibodeau. And that's what the New York Yankees need. The New York Yankees need a manager like that to get in your face to tell you how's it going, how it needs to be. The buck stops with me. And Thibodeau wasn't playing around, man. Even though it's preseason game one, he went with the tight rotation. Now, granted, he has more players to play in that rotation now because they have a deeper bench. But other than Jericho Sims, he didn't put in the rookies until late with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter when he put in Grimes and McBride. And the Knicks are pushing the pace this year. They 11 three-pointers. They shot 11 three-pointers in the first quarter, 26 shots. They 
They're pushing the pace. They're launching the three. And they got production all around, man. Randall, 20 points, 9 rebounds. RJ Barrett, 17 points, 3 three-pointers. Uh, 12 points for Fournier. 12 points for Kemba. Obi Toppin, like I said, he played amazing. 10 points, 5 rebounds. And IQ, man, the X Factor. Emmanuel quickly, 10 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. I love the energy quickly brings. Man, I'm telling you, it, it's the, the amount of talent this team has. You got the starting lineup of Kemba, RJ, Fournier, Randall, and hopefully Mitch when he's healthy, if not Taj. And Mitch, Mitch looks like a beast. Mitch looks like, he, he, he not looks like, Mitch put on about 25, 30 pounds in the offseason, and he's not going to be that string bean type of center that's, you know, athletic. Now he's going to be somebody down in the paint that can push people around. So, like I said, you got that starting. You got D-Rose coming off the bench. IQ coming off the bench. Burks, Burks is always wet. He's a lethal shooter. Obi Toppin bringing that energy. Noel Gibson, this young kid Sims, got hops, man. He's athletic. I like Sims a lot. And we're not even talking about McBride and Grimes, our two uh, top draft picks, first-round draft picks this year. So the Knicks look really, really good. It will be a very exciting season. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, looking at in the NBA, man, you know, last year when I had the Knicks podcast, we would talk about Kyrie being such a headache. Oh my God. This guy is causing so much trouble for the Brooklyn Nets. Everybody's saying they should trade him. I agree. Get rid of him. Everywhere this guy's gone, other than Cleveland, when LeBron kept him in check and he played well, he hit that great shot for the Cavs to win the, the NBA Finals that year when they beat the Warriors, Kyrie has been a headache. He was a headache in Boston. He's a headache now in Brooklyn. He doesn't want to get vaccinated. If he's not vaccinated, he can't play the home games in Brooklyn. And now the Nets are thinking about accommodating him and allowing him to play only road games. Like, come on, what the fuck are we doing like I said, it's Kevin Durant running that team over there. Steve Nash is Durant's puppet, and you know, Marks. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing over there. Kyrie, like honestly, if you're not going to get vaccinated, we're going to trade you to a market where you can play unvaccinated. Look what happened to Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins said, "I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm only going to play in road games." He went, got vaccinated. Just go get vaccinated, Kyrie. The rest of the, the, the NBA has 95 percent of the players are vaccinated. Like you're an athlete. You're you're in great shape. Nothing's going to happen to you. Like come on. Like he's just a, he Kyrie man, he's crazy, you know, with the earth being flat this that, you know, like he he, he doesn't, you know, he wanted to start his own NBA league. Uh, you know, a, a league that would go up against the NBA. Kyrie is more worried about social issues and other things than basketball. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? Step away from the game. Go. You got your money. Step away from the game. Be, you know, take care of the social issues. Be the next Martin Luther King or, you know, Malcolm X. Go, go do you, Kyrie. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But you got 12 other guys, 11 other guys on your team that are counting on you. And you know what? You got a chance to win a chance. The, the Nets are, have a seven, the odds, they have a 72% chance to win the NBA championship this year. The Lakers have a 17% chance. 72% chance. You can build, you could, you know, 
finish your legacy. Go out there, bring a championship to New York, which hasn't had one since the 70s. KD, Harden. Honestly, the Nets couldn't win a championship without Kyrie, but with Kyrie, they're just so formidable. Kyrie, KD, James Harden. Honestly, I don't know what goes through this guy's head. Honestly, he has to have, you know, I don't want to speak on his mental health. That's not right. You know, like our society with too much speaking on people's, you know, we don't know what he's feeling inside. You know what? But honestly, either shit or get off the pot, Kyrie. If you, if you don't want to play because you don't want to get vaccinated, tell your team and step away until it's not an issue anymore. But you know what? If I was Kevin Durant, who knows what Kevin Durant is doing, you know, in private, but in the media, he's saying all the right things and he has Kyrie's back. But if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm sick and annoyed about Kyrie because it's always Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. Every single season, no matter he's with Boston, Brooklyn, Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. When the Nets were going down to the bubble, Kyrie could play, but he didn't want to play. He wanted to sit out for the bubble because of the Black Lives Matter um the Black Lives Matter issue that was going on. You know, like it's always something with Kyrie. And like I said, it's social matters. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying he shouldn't believe in Black Lives Matter. He shouldn't believe in not getting vaccinated. That's his right to believe in that stuff. Go ahead. Do you, Kyrie. But you know what? You're distracting the players on your team. And the Brooklyn Nets, instead of thinking about... James Harden's healthy. Kevin Durant has a full year under his belt. Blake Griffin, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge coming back. We have a great team. We're going to win a championship this year. Steve Nash's second year. So much to look forward to. Now in Brooklyn, all they're saying is, what about Kyrie? When's Kyrie coming back? What's going on with Kyrie? You're a distraction. Step away from the team until you figure out the stuff and... So be it. If if you don't want to play basketball anymore and you want to go worry about your social issues, then go do it, Kyrie. Nothing's stopping you. But you know what? He's a distraction. And honestly, if I was the GM of the Nets, I'm trading him. I'm trading him tomorrow. All right. That does it for Yo-Yo. It's Diggsy's Baby, the podcast episode number eight. Make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate, subscribe, review. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram for the Digsy Picks. We got a pick tonight, St. Louis Cardinals, Moneyline, plus 194. The Cardinals are red hot. I know Max Scherz is pitching, uh, but Wainwright's been in the postseason before, and I feel like the Cardinals are a team of destiny. Uh, Their bats are extremely hot. They hit 56 home runs since September 1st. The Dodgers had their moment last year out of the West. It's going to be the Cardinals this year. I'm riding with the Cardinals tonight. Follow along and we'll see you next week. Yo, yo, it's Digsy's baby.